Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Bully Ray, that's right, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, WWE Hall of Famer, we get into AEW Double or Nothing from Saturday night, from the stadium stampede to John Moxley defending his AEW championship against Brody Lee and, of course, Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer going after the TNT championship with Mike Tyson outside the ring. We get into all of that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I also want to dedicate today's show to uh, the memory of Hana Kimura. And I'm not sure if you were familiar with Hana or her work or who she was. I know we were speaking uh, before the show about her just a little bit. Hana was a 22-year-old Japanese uh, professional wrestler and uh, now a television star, reality television star. Her career was going so well that unfortunately took her own life this past weekend. And she took her own life because of one thing, or at least one thing I know of, and that's cyberbullying. Uh, and I, this, this situation has really bothered me. It really has saddened me. And I guess it's because in the past year or two, I had gotten to know Hana just a little bit, like when she came to Ring of Honor shows and performed. So watching her perform and seeing all of her charisma and how bright and shiny she always was and how positive and upbeat and, you know, always just, you know, a pleasure to be around, an ultra respectful, just a good girl. And I'm not saying woman because she still was a girl when she was coming around, you know, Ring of Honor. She's probably 20, 21 years old. Um, and just a, a, a young woman who commanded the spotlight was going to, in my eyes, had the it factor from the very first time I saw her. And I, I genuinely thought that she was going to become a huge star in women's wrestling in Japan. And I'm really, really upset to hear about um, her passing, how she passed, and why she passed. And I hope, I hope people out there can really learn from this when it comes to the real harsh words they're saying on social media to other people and, you know, those words, they take on a life. And I think people just need to be a, a lot more careful about what they are saying. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that could put it a lot more eloqu eloquently than I can. But just fucking be a little bit nicer. Yeah, stop the stop the, the bullshit. And I think a lot, and you know, obviously the WWE has their campaign about you know prevent bullying, and everybody's been bullied at some point in their life, and you know whether it was at school or on the playground or or somewhere. But you know, you had your safe haven when you came home. You knew that was kind of like your escape. You and you had places to escape from that stuff. In this day and age, bully you can't. You know, with social media, that continues. You can't get away from it. There is no escape from it. And when you're somebody of that age, 
uh, you know, and you're trying something different. It, it, it's just, it's unbelievable how harsh and cruel people are. And it happens all the time. Hell, we see a bully, you know, and you need to have a thick skin, but there is a, a limit that of what you can take. And it's something that people, like you said, you know, before you send out the tweet, think a little bit, you know, you know, think about what it's good, how people are going to feel when they read that tweet. And uh, I think, honestly, there has to be some kind of limitations to some of what goes on on social media. Seriously, there 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 needs to be some control of this situation because this seems to be happening more and more. Um, we We take the two tragic deaths that we have had to endure over the past week or so uh we had shad gaspard and we have hana obviously shad um a, a, probably a lot more well known especially to the american wrestling audience but our final thought of shad is that of a hero yep and an, an unfortunate passing but in his last moments the most heroic efforts of saving his son Hannah, in her last moments, is bogged down in tremendous sadness because here's a woman who is probably a girl that was all by herself in her home, her apartment, whatever, being bombarded by the negativity of social media and decided to take her own life. It's, it's really, really horrible. And I, and I guess it's, I, I guess it's, bothered me more just because when you see this soul when you see this human being this person and you see the zest for life that she had and now to know this it's it, it's horrible it's 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 almost debilitating mentally to think about because it truly is so sad and i'm not sitting here crying tears but that doesn't mean that I'm not really saddened to hear about this. Of course, I'm saddened by Shad, of, of course. But at the end of the day, that story actually has a somewhat of a happy ending because he saved his son, right, Dave? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he made the sacrifice for his son. That's the role of a father, to do whatever you can to keep your child safe. And that's exactly what he did in his final moments. So whenever we're talking about Shad and honoring him or, or, or eulogizing him, we could always say at the end, and this man is a hero because he saved his son. Unfortunately, with a, with a young girl like Hannah, when we get to the end of her story, it's Hannah took her own life because she was so sad and so miserable by the negativity that she was bombarded with. And that's why we got to take into account. And I'm not talking about the normal social media banter. I don't think, uh, I, I, you, know, the, you know, you suck. You know, you're a horrible wrestler. That's, I think people were going a lot deeper with her, a lot more personal with her. And, you know, young, younger wrestlers are just younger children, you know, younger people in the world, Dave, you know it. They're attached to this phone. Yes. They're bombarded with negativity, and the brain can only handle so much. And, and, her, and her brain just couldn't handle it anymore. So I, I just felt the need to say that because that's a person who has crossed paths with me in my life. I posted a picture of me and her the other day that was taken in Madison Square Garden at the G1 Supercard. You know, here's a 20, she was probably 21 at the time, a 21-year-old Japanese star on the rise hanging out, you know, with old, grizzled, miserable veteran me. And she's got this, you know, wonderful smile on her face. And she was always smiling, always, always in the best of moods. Always having a good time. Well, I'm glad, uh, you know, we have those images that we can look back at and obviously maybe, you know, try to learn from this situation as well. And like you said, we are going to dedicate this show to her memory and to her career and her life. And we'll do that on Busted Open. Why don't we take a break? Why don't we take a step aside, restart? Because we have a, do have a lot to get into. Oh, we have, yeah, we do. We have, oh, a, yeah, we we have do. a pay-per-view to talk about. Oh, we got some, we got some shit to talk about. Oh, there is. You know. Oh, both. boy. Yeah. You better put your boots on. Yeah, I got the. Uh, the I burial's think, about to get deep. Oh, boy. That, that relationship that I had with Cody. 
done. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. Can you believe it? In each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds, Anfield has erupted, bitter rivalries, and so much more. There's nothing like a derby day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Pandora app and searching More Than a Game. You 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 watch the end of that pay per view and the stadium stampede and bully. There's a hundred different storylines coming out of the pay per view from Saturday night, which I thought was very entertaining and very fun, and definitely the definition of both those terms would be the main event, uh, the stadium stampede. The stadium stampede was the money in the bank. Ladder matches, and I believe you said this to me on the phone yesterday, on steroids. Yes. I mean, all gassed up. Everything you could possibly inject into the stadium stampede was there. We're going to rely on that old word that we keep using to describe AEW, Dave. And what is it? Sizzle and fun and entertaining and fun. Fun is the word to describe that pay-per-view from Saturday. Fun. Now, I I will tell you this. For all of you people out there who think I'm an AEW homer, get ready. Put your party hats on because I'm going to be pretty (laughs) critical of this show, but not the Stampede because the Stampede was a car crash, and that's exactly what it was supposed to be. I didn't think of it as like a cinematic thing as AJ versus Taker. I looked at it more as that money in the bank style, that rat race. Everything is happening. You know, you got those movies almost like, you know, we have something like Cannonball Run. The race is happening with these two people and then something's going on over here and then something's going on over there. We got to go back to Hangman Page and uh, and uh, and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Jake Hager to see what they're doing. Yeah. I loved it when they go back and in the middle of the fight, they decide to have a drink and then they go back to fighting again. The whole thing was hella entertaining. How could you not like it? It's not supposed to be wrestling. It's supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to be a giant car crash where anything and everything will happen from comedy like Chris Jericho hitting the Judas effect on a on a uh, on mascot. a mascot to 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 crazy ass monster bumps like uh, Kenny giving the one winged angel onto Sammy and, and and everything in between. The whole thing was fun. And that's what pro wrestling needs right now. Yeah, I agree with you. And we loved the Money in the Bank match. This one, to me, was like through the stratosphere. I I loved it so I watched it again. I watched it again on Sunday morning. And honestly, boy, there's so much that I did not get on Saturday. There's so many, like, inside. I mean, you know. The Money in the Bank match didn't have commentary. And I actually praise the fact that they didn't have commentary. You got it on Saturday night, and it was it was amazing. Shivani and Jim Ross were so funny during that match on Saturday night. I mean, you have Jim Ross dropping Andy Griffith references during during the match. Like like and then, and then JR's like nobody's getting JR saying nobody's getting I go he goes, Tony, you'll get it. But nobody's gonna get I, I love that stuff. I love that they had so much fun. They were so relaxed. Obviously nobody's in their ear telling them what to say or do. Chris Jericho was phenomenal uh, with the football references throughout the match. I mean, the challenge flag, uh, you know, the yard marker saying, I'm moving the chains, like all that stuff I just thought was absolute, I I mean, laugh out loud funny, Bully. Laugh out loud funny. I'm going to agree with everything you said. Like, kudos to the WWE for putting the music, the underlying, underlying music in the Money in the Bank matches. 
there, there was no commentary because if there was commentary in that WWE match, they would have never let them been themselves and as entertaining as JR and Shivani. So that worked for them. The only thing that I would have liked to have seen Shivani and JR do before the match is I would have liked to have seen one of the Jacksonville Jaguar cheerleaders come over and serve them a couple of Moscow mules and see Shivani <laughs> and JR getting tanked before they called the match because that would have added to the funniness. And I, I you know, listen, JR and Shivani might have have been tanked before they call the match who knows even better but, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly you know <laughs> if i'm if i'm watching shivani and jr get loaded while they're calling the match to me that's hysterical because that's the kind of match where you can do anything that you want and it will work look at what they did is there anything that they did that did not work was there anything in that match where you said oh wait no that doesn't fit the psychology that doesn't make sense they should have never have done that it's not meant to be that type of match i even think i saw a headlock in there that's the only thing that didn't make sense there was a headlock in there somewhere <laughs> but even like the soup the hundred yard suplexes on sammy Gavon. i mean sammy I mean, you you know, we get calls all the time, Bully, about how AEW has all these, you know, former WWE wrestlers and they're not making new stars. Bullshit. Sammy Guevara, to me, is a star. And he doesn't need to win matches to become a star. Just watch what he did on Saturday night. The guy is like, you, talk, you want to talk about youth. That guy is so young. He's got an entire career ahead of him. And right now, you know, perception is reality. He's a star in AEW. It's fun to watch a guy like Sammy slowly and steadily climb the ladder and kind of steal the show each time he goes out there. Uh, how many people are saying today, oh, my God, they buried Sammy Guevara because he lost the match? Bullshit. Nope. Sammy Guevara keeps getting over and over and over and over. And if he gets over anymore, he's going to be as overweight as Dreamer is. How, but how's this for a twist of fate? Not a Matt Hardy twist of fate, but a twist of fate. Where was WrestleMania supposed to take place? Tampa. In a what? In a stadium. How about the fact that only about three hours east, this match took place in Florida in a stadium? Crazy. You think about it like, you know, just <laughs> it, it, obviously not the way that uh, anyone ever intended it to be. But you know what, Bully? And, and, and maybe it's the time, maybe because how long this has been going on. But watching that show, I didn't miss the crowd. Like, there was never a point of like, oh, imagine if there was a crowd here. They actually did a good good job of using, you know, the lack of a crowd to their advantage. Because it's like in that stadium, there would have been, you know, a crowd of people where they would not have been able to do half of what they were able to do in that match on Saturday night. Again, we have one company that's still trying to get their footing as far as how to deal without there being fans and AEW taking advantage of the fact that there is no fans. It seems like AEW is doing a much better job of weathering the storm of this pandemic than WWE is. They are rolling with the punches. They are able to, to, to handle everything that comes forward with them and somehow keep turning out a, you know, a fun product. Now, Double or Nothing was far from a psychologically sound product. There was a lot of things that we're going to talk about that I will, I'm going to question and I'll put my spin on it. And this is not what I would have done Monday morning quarterback. This is what I would have done and said if I was right there with them, trying to give them the other perspective on this. Because I was scratching my head a couple of times. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll definitely get into that. But as far as the, uh, the, the, the main event match, I mean, can't, can't say anything. I love the entrances. You know, as if it was a football game. I love the fact that the inner circle looked like the guys from the longest yard. You know, yes. it reminded me of the longest yard. It know? is. They had the exact, they had the exact, the meme, they had the meme machine. Meme machine. You know? They had the yeah. meme machine uniforms you know? on. Like, and that's what I thought. And that's the other thing, like, that a lot of people may not catch in the moment. But I, I, I urge everybody, just like I said with the Money in the Bank match, watch it again because there's going to be little things that you probably didn't catch that you'll catch the second time around. But yeah, like, and I'm sure that there are things that happen that went over certain people's heads, but would make certain people laugh, like the meme machine uniforms 
I thought they missed a little moment in time for some comedy when Santana Ortiz and Matt Hardy jumped into the into the pool or into mm. the the mini whatever. So I started laughing so hard when I don't know if it was Santana Ortiz. Uh, they was like, I can't swim, I can't swim. What I would have loved to have seen happen is if Matt Hardy and and one of the the guys were farther away from the steps, and like you see, I guess it was Ortiz. He's going down the steps. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen him start to do the doggy paddle to try to get to the other end of the pool, and then all of a sudden he can't do the doggy paddle anymore, and his partner's got to come get him and, and bring him over to Matt Hardy. And Matt Hardy's just waiting for them to get back there. I thought the doggy paddle would have been funny. The the Ortiz, though, go, gingerly going down the ladder into yeah. the pool, which, uh, and again, JR keeps reminding everybody, this pool is three feet deep. You know, it's, it's not even going to get to your waist if you're standing in it. So, like, I, I thought that was really, really funny. Um, w- one thing that I do want to bring up that was all over social media, a lot of people were talking about Bully is, you know, after the tragedy that happened earlier in the week with Chad Gaspar, a lot of people were upset about that sequence in the pool. Um, I honestly, in the moment, didn't think about it. You know, it's, you know, you know, one happened tragically in the ocean. This is like a little a little fun pool in the end zone of a football stadium three feet deep. I guess some of the verbiage maybe uh, people found insensitive. Maybe they could have been a little bit careful. But as far as the segment itself, I, I, at least in the moment when I was watching it, I, I wasn't thinking of that. I didn't have that in mind. If I had to be ultra critical of what was said on commentary, I probably would have stayed away from the line that they're trying to drown Matt Hardy. Mm. I definitely would have stayed away from that. I could see how that can be a sensitive word to people on social media, especially when there's people on social media just looking for anything and everything to jump on at any given moment. Uh, uh, Santana and Ortiz dunking Matt Hardy underneath the water. I did not find that's part of Matt Hardy's act, whether he was in the lake of reincarnation, that that pool of water in the stadium, or if it was a a puddle uh, on the side of the street. Matt Hardy goes underwater and he comes out as somebody else. That that moment in time is within the realm of Matt Hardy's gimmick, his shtick, his his story. So I'm not thinking to myself in that moment, oh, wow, look at how insensitive AEW is being, you know? And trust me, if you knew the guy that Chad Gaspard was, he would probably say the same thing, like, you go and do that spot because that spot is funny as hell. Yeah, maybe some of the verbiage that was used, I probably would have muted. I probably would have stayed away from that. I I, I definitely agree with. But, you know, like Matt was, you know, I, I thought they did a good job of showing the camera angles in the pool where Matt had a big smile on his face. He was having fun with it. It was three feet deep. Um I, I didn't have a problem. If people are insensitive, I can't I can't tell people not to be sensitive about that because of what happened. I just for myself in the moment, I didn't I didn't relate to, I didn't think of that. And the other thing too is I, I think Bully, you would agree that everybody that was involved in it, that was probably the furthest thing from their mind. I mean, they all, you know, everybody had shown tributes. AEW in that show had a tribute to Shad Gaspard. I don't think I don't think anybody was trying it they weren't going out of their way to be insensitive to that at all absolutely not because it's part of matt hardy's gimmick we've been seeing matt hardy dunk himself into the lake of reincarnation or others into the lake of reincarnation where they go under and they come out as somebody else Mm. for a while now it's not like out of nowhere we decided to dunk Matt hardy out of water then it's like wow why would you pick this time to do that since we just dealt with a tragedy no this would be like somebody um tragically falling off a ladder and passing away by going through a table you know and then us doing a table spot the next week and people say oh look at how insensitive they are we've been doing it forever you know what i mean so i had no problem with it like you said maybe some different wording there would have been nice but i'm not gonna we're not gonna harp on this anymore i thought that moment was entertaining wwe legend the undertaker i have tried my hardest to protect kayfabe honestly just within the last couple years i mean i would cringe when i would hear people you know like we're doing now like talking openly about behind the scenes stuff it would just like i'd grit my teeth and just i think i was the real last holdout to, to kayfabe listen to busted opens interview with wwe legend the undertaker Undertaker on demand now via the SiriusXM app. Just search Busted Open Interviews now free for most subscribers. 
a lot of the wrestlers that we have on this show have truly gotten themselves over. I mean, the success rate has been phenomenal. And we are listening to the wrestlers. You can always use the hashtag, get yourself over, and we'll try to go to the what the fans want, what the wrestlers. Hey, Bully, we're asking wrestlers to reach out to us as well, but somebody that the fans have really wanted to hear from over the last weeks is our next guest, and that is JT Dunn, who joins us now on Get Yourself Over Monday. JT, how are you, my friend? I am fantastic, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to the fans and getting me on here. No, this was important because this is exactly what we want to do. We obviously know that this is a tough time for everyone, but especially independent wrestlers because, you know, you've lost out, I'm sure, on a lot of opportunities, a lot of Monday. So this is the opportunity now, you know, to get to a fan base that maybe you would not have had before, maybe sell some merchandise as well. So thanks for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you. How have you been dealing with this now that we've been now, I guess, about eight or nine weeks into this? How have you been dealing with everything? Um, it's definitely been tough, um, but I'm kind of an isolation person by habitat, so I've adjusted pretty decently. I just miss wrestling. I miss that adrenaline rush. I miss the fans, uh, and I feel like uh, I've been put on this earth into pro wrestling. So not being able to do it right now is, uh, is just kind of just it's got me on edge. I'm just ready to get back in the ring. So, so JT, one of the one of the whole points of this segment on the show every week is for you know guys and gals like yourself that most listeners might not know about. So you know, old school mentality is you know you throw somebody in front of a camera and you give them one minute and you say <laughs> get yourself over. So for those of uh, those of the fans out there that might not be familiar with you, give us the who, what, when, where, why, and how of JT Dunn. Absolutely. Well, I'm JT Dunn. I'm from Providence, Rhode Island. I think my story is definitely unique. Uh, I come from a background of addiction. Um, I fell into fighting with my demons at a young age. I lost my mother and my grandmother at a very young age, and I didn't have the best relationship with my father. So that kind of uh, forced me out of the streets and uh, addiction didn't consume my life. But luckily, uh, I got clean and I found pro wrestling and wrestling became everything to me. And I've never wanted anything more. I've never tried harder or anything uh, than pro wrestling. And it's taken me from the streets of Providence into an international wrestler, uh, something I never I never dreamt of, I never thought could be possible. But every time I, I wake up and I get a chance of another day, uh, it's just a day to be great and a day to stay clean and a day to uh, just be one of the best wrestlers in the world. And, uh, and I believe that I am. And I love getting a chance to prove that against the best. Uh, so staying clean has kept me motivated, but uh, being in the ring and being against the best competition and being uh, and being in the spotlight—that's what I—that's what I love. What What motivated you to become a pro wrestler? Who did you watch growing up? Who broke you in? Kind of g- 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 tell us tell us your journey into that first day you ever stepped into a wrestling ring. My first ever experience is watching wrestling. I'm very, uh, I'm very familiar with Macho Man Randy Savage. That was kind of my guy. Uh, I love the colors. I love the the manly man. It was just, it was just spectacular to watch that. Um, I'm from New England. I'm, I didn't really attend the best wrestling schools here at that time because I came from a football background and transitioned into wrestling. And uh, I had a, luckily met somebody in, the, in this area named Dave Cole, and he kind of pointed me in the right direction of people. And uh, and then I just started. Moving Moving and going to all of the seminars I could in this area and just training with everybody possible to, uh, to get as much experience as I possibly could. When you look back at these last eight years of sobriety, and I know you just uh, celebrated your anniversary of that, uh, how much do you credit pro wrestling for, for keeping you clean and sober over the last eight years? Um, I give about 90% of the credit to pro wrestling. Uh, and it has been tough because uh, wrestling isn't really the the greatest atmosphere for somebody of sober living. It's it's tough. Uh, it's gotten easier. A lot more people are respectful of the lifestyle that I live as I respect the lifestyle that they live. Uh, so it definitely has gotten easier. But wrestling has put me in the forefront. It's put me in the spotlight. It's put me, uh, it holds me accountable. Um, and, and I enjoy that. And it, and it puts me in touch with people who also may be battling with addiction and I can talk with them and we can connect on a level of pro wrestling that brings us together. And then we can talk about life, which keeps us around each other. 
JT, if, if somebody was uh, searching out one of your matches, if they went to YouTube, which match would you want people to see that you think, you know, shows off your, your skills, your speaking ability, your in-ring ability, the whole package of JD done? Uh, who did you work with, and, and why do you think that's a great example for people to watch? Um, I would think out of my recent body of work, I would select this match that I had at Northeast Wrestling against Matt Taven uh, in the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. It was for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, I would pick that match because going into that show, I was scheduled to wrestle Ray Phoenix, and uh, due to circumstances outside of his control, Phoenix couldn't make it. Uh, so scrambling last minute, Northeast and Ring of Honor were able to work together, put me in the ring with Taven uh, with a title on the line at a show that wasn't sponsored by Ring of Honor. And uh, that was the show where JT Dunn became JT Dunn. Um, I was scheduled to be babyface and all this stuff, and then uh, the show just kind of started crumbling when we were trying to put the pieces together, and I just went out and I grabbed the live Mike and uh, I did what I could to be the best version of me and I think like the real me shown in that moment so I think everything went into that match uh, it, it was uh, it was incredible for me so I picked that one do you feel like that you do you feel like you worked up to Matt Taven's level or did you force Matt Taven to work harder that night I'm, I think Matt is very talented. I think that uh, he's incredible. I think we both matched a different motivation level that night. Um, I love wrestling the best, and I've been able to do so for about eight-plus years. Uh, and wrestling Taven was great. Uh, I think the situation made it bigger for me, and I wanted to deliver. I wanted to deliver big and show Ring of Honor that uh, I could potentially follow in the footsteps of my mentor, and I could be the Ring of Honor world champion. I could do the things that Chris Hero did uh, before me, and I can live up to uh, everything that we've created together with Death by Elbow as well. Uh, do you feel like that you should be further along than you are as far as popularity and people knowing your name? You know, the, the, a big reason why Bully – uh, wanted to have this segment on Mondays was not just to help independent wrestlers during the time of the pandemic, but also, you know, for some wrestlers that haven't really got that spotlight that a lot deserve. Uh, do you feel like that's a long time coming for you or do you feel like, hey, your momentum was about to build to that point? Um, I think my momentum was building drastically uh, a couple years back before a serious injury that I suffered. Uh, coming back mentally, I think that put a strain on me. Uh, I started seeing wrestling differently, and I started uh, comparing myself to a lot of people uh, and, and worrying about what they were doing. And then closing out last year, uh, I finally put that behind me, and I started focusing on me. Um, I mean, I'm happy with where I'm at right now because I'm a poor kid from Providence from the start and uh, I'm living my dream right now. And I get to meet so many great people and I get to experience so many things that if I would have followed with the lifestyle before, uh, I would have made it this far. So I'm happy to sit here at 30 years old. I'm happy to have made all the mistakes I made previously because I sit here now a well-polished man ready to take over the world. What company does J.D. Dunn work best with right now? Where do you see your character being a perfect fit for and why? Um, I think that I could become an immediate impact in something like AEW. Uh, I'm very familiar with the, the roster there. I'm very familiar with them uh, in the ring and out of the ring. Um, I think that I have a personality and I have this, this charisma about me that would shine really in that light. And I think the people that help give direction over there, they would know what to do with me uh, better than a lot of other people. Uh, and I feel like I just resonate with their environment. Let me ask you this, JT, uh, a guy in your position yes, st still trying to make it in the business, climbing that ladder. How long have you been wrestling now? Um, I started training right out of high school uh, in 2007, uh, but I started doing real traveling pro wrestling about 2012. I started with Beyond Wrestling. Uh, actually, my first match there live was against Johnny Gargano. So they kind of just fed me to the Sharks and said, let's see if this guy can sink or swim. And I'm still okay, here so fighting, Bubba. So, so, so about eight years on the circuit, right? A lot of the things yeah, that younger wrestlers hear these days is like almost, you know, you think the goal is the WWE, but then you hear kind of like the stories of once you get there, you know, you kind of, they own you and you really don't have a lot of autonomy. Does that scare somebody like you? Or do you look at that as a challenge? 
100% a challenge for me. Um, I think I've made it this far because I've been real with myself and others. Um, I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm very blunt and very real. Um, and some people take that in, in a negative way, but I, I mean it truly positive. I'm here to push myself forward and push everybody else forward. So if, if they were to change something and give me a challenge, I would run with that as long as I can. However, the best version of me is going to be me, and I believe that uh, – just given a chance, give a live mic, I can uh, change a lot of opinions about me, especially because in stature, I'm not as big and, and appealing as a lot of the guys that they might have there now. But uh, just give them, give it a chance to speak, and I, and I know I can change somebody's mind. Um, how can people get in touch with you? How can people get your merchandise? How can people see more of you? Absolutely. You can uh, follow me on any social media, DJT Dunn, on every platform. If you're looking to grab some merch, we just uploaded a bunch of T-shirts on ProWrestlingKings.com backslash JT Dunn. All that's up on there. Uh, any other merchandises, please, you can guys can contact me on social media. Anything you need, I have covered for you. And obviously, at DJT Dunn on anything is the best way to get in touch with me. Uh, Wrestling-related, but I like to talk life. I like to talk battles, struggles. I like to talk uh, positive situations, and, and I'm very uplifting. So if you bring a lot of that into life, uh, I want to talk with you as well. That's awesome. That's great. And, and judging by who you root for in football, you really do appreciate the underdog. <laughs> you must be talking about the Detroit Lions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Lions. I love my Lions. Uh, okay. hey, J- <laughs> I hope. <laughs> JT, if, if for some reason, uh, you know, our paths ever cross and we get to work with each other one day, um, which would be really cool, would you prefer if I kicked out of your finish at one or two? <laughs> <laughs> How about this double half? Happy compromise. One half. One half. <laughs> Sounds good. JT, man. Again, you can follow him at the JT Dunn. And again, he mentioned Pro Wrestling Tees. You know, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash JT Dunn. JT, thanks so much for the time, man. And and I hope this does a little bit for you, my friend. I, I appreciate y'all very much. Thank you for having me on. Thank thanks, everybody JT. For listening. Good luck with everything, brother. Thank you, sir. Hope to see you soon. Take care. All right, JT Dunn. Again, Bully, and we're getting a couple of these, man, just like a really good story. You know, we've had a lot of contrast with the guests that we've had on for this segment. We've had over-the-top characters for sure, but I think we've gotten some real stories, and I think that uh, JT Dunn would be an example of that. Absolutely. Like he was kind of like the opposite of like a Danhausen, you know, a yes. very character driven guy uh, with JT. We're getting his his real life. I'm definitely interested in a guy who's, you know, been sober for eight years and, and still trying to make it within the world of pro wrestling. You can hear the tone of his voice, very humble, very driven. So I hope things work out for him. And I, and I hope things work out for every single person who comes on this show. And Dave, like you said, this is not just up to, uh, about the fans. If there are wrestlers, young indie wrestlers right now listening and you want to get yourself over and you want to get your name out there to the masses we are offering you time on the show we are trying to help you don't just sit back and wait for us to get in contact with you be aggressive grab that time on national radio and come on and do whatever you want be your character be normal just get yourself over Yeah, we're trying to do what we can for the pro wrestling community during this pandemic. And you're absolutely right. I think most of the the guests that we've had on have been because of the fans. But, you know, there have been a couple of of wrestlers that have reached out to me personally, said, hey, I want to be on this segment. And uh, there have been a couple of guys, Bully, that we were surprised that did that. Because I was like, hey, you know what? These are names that people should know but they still wanted to take advantage of being on national radio and this segment. So listen, reach out to us. We want to get you on. We want to get names on. We want to get people on. And it doesn't matter how big you are or how small you are. It doesn't matter if you've wrestled in front of 20,000 fans at some point, but feel that you haven't gotten that opportunity. Or if you've wrestled in front of 50 fans, this is your opportunity to get this national exposure. Boxing, culture, lifestyle. The Yak and Barack Show. Floyd Mayweather a while back was kind of discrediting young fighters that are calling Manny out. And that's what Floyd's about. That's why Floyd fought Conor McGregor. 
because it's business. It's about making the biggest payday. All these fighters want to fight each other, but there's a reason they call him out, Manny, and you can't blame him, especially after the win he had against Keith Thurman, man. It's a business, man. It's prize fighting. Weekdays from noon till 3 Eastern. Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. That was the press conference, Bully, before Double or Nothing on Saturday. And uh, I thought I was very professional, had to do my job, wanted to ask Cody a couple of questions, even to the point that it was the uh, celebration of the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. So, you know, I thought I'd acknowledge that. And I thought I'd loosen up a little bit, you know, doing my best to kind of like, you know, help the relationship between Cody and I, because I would think, Bully, that's best for the show. And best for AEW that we have a good relationship, but obviously I was future endeavored um, by this. So I mean, I don't. Yeah, know. that was the pre pay per view thing. I want to hear the post pay per view interview because that's uncomfortable as all hell, from what I understand. I now I wanted to set this up though, bully, because you know I I, I thought I was pretty professional in that in that. Uh, you know, pre uh, pay per view press conference, right? Asking I mean, a question I, I about necessarily... Brody Lee, asking a question about Empire Strikes Back. I thought that went well. He said, "This better be a good question," and I thought it was a good question. And then at the end, he future endeavored me. I don't know. Then maybe the question wasn't that good. I thought it. I actually thought it was. We and he gave a lengthy answer about Brody Lee. We didn't get it there for time constraints, but. You're right. Then we have the pay-per-view, which I thought was a very fun and entertaining pay-per-view. Now, in these tough times, Bully, obviously we would have all liked to have been at Double or Nothing on Saturday. And what they usually have, a lot of other uh, sports, this is what's really cool about AEW. What they do is unlike any other pro wrestling organization. What they do is they open up the locker room after their pay-per-views, and they have an actual media scrum, which is all the media gathered together and ask questions. So since we couldn't do that, they had a virtual media scrum. And, you know, I got all prepared for my question for Cody after Double or Nothing. Thanks. The next question is from Dave LaGreca, Sirius XM. Well, Dave, you going to ask a question here, brother? Cody, can you hear me? Yes, Dave, I can hear you and your dog barking in the background. And if you saw Cody's face, because we could see the wrestlers that were speaking, they couldn't see us. First of all, somebody at AEW set me up to fail. Because, Bully, my mic was continually muted. I tried to call out. I tried to ask my question. My my mic was not, you know, unmuted. So Cody, and you could just see the hatred on Cody's face as I'm trying to ask this question and no audio is coming across. And then, you know, I'm speaking louder and louder because I'm wondering if he just can't hear me. And then it's after midnight. And, you know, speaking loud in my house where you can hear a pin drop, my dog thinks there's something going on. My dog went nuts. He was so aggravated. So afterwards, obviously a little bit of a misunderstanding, no fault of mine. I sent him a text message, and I, I forward this to you, boy. I sent him a text message. Hey, sorry about what happened. Awesome show. Congratulations. And, Bully, what was his response? Screw you. Yep. You're, now, a walking, you're a walking botch when it comes to this phone stuff with Cody. No. No, first of all, first of all, Bully, on Friday at the press conference on Friday, exceptional question by me, and to kind of like grease the skids a little bit here, I'm, a, I'm asking him a Star Wars question. He's very, very sensitive about his Star Wars movies. You know what I'm saying? Very, very sensitive. So I decided, Bully, hey, you know what? I'll be the bigger person. I'll bring up Empire Strikes Back, one of the most overrated movies of all time. I'll bring up the celebration of the 40th anniversary to kind of say, hey, you know what? We're in this together. Here's a little bit of an olive branch for our uh, relationship. We could all be better for it. And then he future endeavors me at the end of the phone call after an exceptional question about Brody Lee and bringing up Star Wars during an AEW press conference. 
All right? Obviously, all for naught. Then I'm thinking, hey, you know what? He might be in a good mood. He just won the TNT Championship. We'll get into that in a second. And then, you know what? Exceptional pay-per-view. Very fun. Very entertaining. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get in on this press conference. I'm going to ask him a question. And you know what? This is going to better a relationship. But somebody at AEW decided to, you know what? I'm not going to unmute LaGreca's phone. Why should I? Let's make this as uncomfortable and awkward for him as humanly possible. I wake up my dog, my family, my dog's barking at the top of its lungs. And he had this look of disdain and anger and hatred. I think it's over. I think we may have heard the last of Cody Rhodes on Busted Open, and I don't think they're ever going to let me be a part of an AEW press conference ever again. And I blame Star Wars. Wait a minute. You just said the word we. What, do you got a mouse in your pocket? What's this we stuff? Well, I know you, as my tag team partner on this show, will stand by me because I would think, Bully, you and Mark and Tommy and everyone with this show would stand next to me. Understand that I did nothing wrong. I, as a professional, took my, you know what, our little argument about Lord of the Rings and Star Wars movies aside and what he had to say about the great franchise of movie history, Police Academy. You know what? I'll take those things, push them to the side for the greater good of the show and AEW. I'll put it to the side. I'll be part of the press conferences. Exceptional question. Two exceptional questions. One being kind of like an olive branch for Cody and he future endeavored me and threatened me. And if you listen to the beginning, and threatened me. Threatened me. Here I am trying to promote the, the pay-per-view, trying to promote him, trying to be a friend when it comes to our community pro wrestling. I get the threat. That, that happened on Friday. Then he wins a TNT, wins a TNT championship. And then uh, exceptional pay-per-view. Everybody loved it. Maybe not Mike Tyson by judging from some of the shots that they showed on Saturday, but mostly everybody that watched the show on Saturday thought it was fun and entertaining. So I'm thinking, you know what? I got to jump in on this press conference because he's in a good mood. He just made history. He's very emotional. Now it's time for LaGreca to, you know what, really solidify that we're back, baby. Our relationship with Cody and AEW couldn't be stronger. And then somebody, some lackey with AEW doesn't unmute my microphone, okay? Doesn't unmute the microphone to make me look foolish. The dog is barking. Not my fault, bully. None of that was my fault. Somebody else is to blame, not me. I have now figured out what actually happened. Go ahead. You showed your hand. Your poker face gave it all away. You said that somebody in AEW set you up to fail. Hit the mute button. Dog back at barking in the background. Nah. I think you set Cody up to fail. Just so you could get on that conference call again. And just so you could rant about it today. I think you hit your own mute button and then kicked the dog so he would start to bark in the background. And you baited Cody in, and you pissed Cody off just so you could say, ha, 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 look what I did. All right. That's the truth of the matter. And by that big shit-eating grin you got on your face right now, I think I've hit the nail right on the head. Dave LaGreca set Cody Rhodes up to fail. That's what you did. Bully, first of all, first of all, th that's not true. Second <laughs> okay. of all, okay. second, se second of I all. I wish they could, the listeners could see what I see right now. You, sir, are guilty. First of all, not true. Second of all, I would never kick my dog. I would probably use one of my dog's squeaky toys. And squeak it to get my dog riled up, but I digress because that never actually happened. It is a lie, sir. I was set up to fail by AEW, and I think, this is just me, that anybody listening to the audio that Guns, our producer, played would say that Cody 
a little bit too emotional about this. He needs to have take his hatred of, out on me aside for the betterment of both our show and his show. I'm just saying. And I think I don't think the hatred is justified. I try. I brought up Empire Strikes Back, the celebration, 40th anniversary, man. I could have asked any question I wanted to, but what did I choose to do, Bully? I choose to bring up his favorite movie. That's what I did. And then he future endeavors me again after bringing up his favorite movie. No, Brian Sadie ain't doing that. Dave Meltzer ain't doing that shit. That's exactly why you did what you did. Because you felt like, wait, because you felt like you asked a good question. It was. Very and good then, question. And then he ended it with the future endeavor. question. You got pissed off that he future endeavored you. Then on the post-pay-per-view press conference, that's when you said, I'm going to get him back. That's when you muted yourself. That's when you kicked the dog. You made the dog bark. And you pissed Cody off. And now you're like, ha, ha, ha. I got the last word in on Cody. I pissed him off. I made him mad. I live rent-free in his brain. The look of anger and disdain. Why are you smiling right now? Why are you smiling when you say, buddy? You're smiling. You just won the TNT championship. Historic moment. Why are you you getting angry? You're smiling because you know that's exactly what you did. You got the championship title. You had a successful pay-per-view that everybody watched. You're going to go home and you're going to watch Empire Strikes Back, your favorite movie. I mean, and hell, man, that's a that's a great Sunday Sunday uh, morning for me for anybody. If I even read, if I read between the lines on the text that you sent me after that press conference, you said, "Man, did I piss Cody off?" As if, ha ha ha! Wow, did I piss Cody off? That's what you were looking to do. You were looking to receipt Cody. You did it on purpose. No. And, no, now, you're, doing, and now you're crying the blues. No, you're wrong. I was doing my job, Bully. As a professional, I was doing my job. I took my, my feelings aside, my personal feelings aside, as a professional does, and I did my job. All right? I asked a question at the, at the pre-press uh, conference and the post-press conference. I did my job as a professional. Put my feelings aside for the betterment of the show. That's what I did. Somebody who's the face of the franchise couldn't do that. And you know what? Did something that, uh, honestly, I thought was very, very unprofessional over the weekend. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. You know, the champion, and, and again, people on social media killing it. I, I actually loved replying to a lot of the tweets because people are killing the TNT championship title belt to how ugly it was and how terrible it was. And I just loved, like, answering. They said that it wasn't finished yet because of everything that's going on. They weren't able to finish the title belt so, like, you know, obviously they wanted it to look much better, gold-plated. There was a lot that they weren't able to do because of the coronavirus. And, you know, you know they had to halt it. And they're not going to put everything on pause, you know, especially when they have a pay-per-view coming up because they couldn't finish the championship title. So, I mean, people need to, like, ease back on how the championship title looked on Saturday night. They should have just got a post that wrote an IOU on it. <laughs> I yeah, owe you see, one yeah, championship like, belt. You know. <laughs> All right. I want to get into the match a little bit. So uh, let's see. Where do I want to start? Let's start from the end. What did you think of the finish to Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer? Well, I mean, I thought the match w- was good up until Mike Tyson's involvement. Then it got a little wonky because... You know, Arn Anderson got involved after Jake the Snake Roberts got involved. Uh, uh, then they they pan to Mike Tyson. He throws Arn Anderson out, and then J- J- uh, Jake the Snake Roberts is thrown out for no reason because like, at that moment he didn't do anything. Uh, so that was like a little bit wonky. And then you know, two crossroads and 
and Lance Archer gets pinned in the middle of the ring. Um, I really, and listen, I know it was a cool moment for Cody, face of the franchise, to win that championship title, but I think it was a little too soon for Lance Archer to lose, especially the great way they have built up Lance Archer each and every Wednesday. I got to be honest, Bully, I was a little disappointed in the finish. First and foremost, I don't think Archer should have lost. Now, I'm going to give you a lot of point-counterpoint here. Okay. I don't think that Lance should have lost. But if you were going to beat him, based on the story, does Cody owe Jake Roberts a receipt? Yes, big time. Do you think Cody is going to get the physical receipt on Jake Roberts? I mean, they could have gone that route on Saturday, yes. But he, but it's Maybe. Lance Archer. It's Lance Archer right. who he's wrestling. So if Cody is going to get the receipt on Jake Roberts for what Jake Roberts did to his wife, to Cody's wife, and if you're going to beat Lance Archer clean, what should the receipt have been of Cody giving to Lance? Probably, How should Cody have won the match? Well, he probably should have won, A, just the same way of what we saw with Jake Roberts and his wife. You know, something along those lines. No. Maybe even a DDT. Ding, to, ding, to, ding, to circle gets the square. That should have been the finish. A DDT. Because that would have shoved it up Jake's ass. That was entirely too strong of a finish for a monster. You're calling him the Murder Hawk. To me, the Murder Hawk just got his wings clipped. Well, I mean, too, too much cross- too soon. Too soon. Two crossroads right in the middle. It, that's, it's pretty damn definitive. It's the same thing that he beat MJF with. Lance Archer's a monster. You're building a monster here. If you absolutely positively have to beat him clean, beat it within the context of the match. I'm I'm sorry, of the story. And the story is that of the DDT. I would have had Lance killing Cody or something, and then Lance misses something, the big boot in the corner, catches his balls. He comes out of it. Cody boots him. Cody locks, locks eyes with Jake. Bang, DDT, one, two, three. Credibility on the DDT, shoving it up Jake's ass. I just beat your murder hawk with your move. Now, I, I like it, Bully, but that even that should not have happened on Saturday. Correct. That's, yeah, that's something that should have happened months down the road. To me, this is the beginning of the story with with Cody and Lance Archer. To me, probably should have had Lance Archer win that championship, and there's a lot of loopholes, too. You know, Cody would not have looked weak at all in losing that match because you could have gotten involvement with Jake Roberts. You know, um, Cody's anger... Could have gotten the best of him, which you could not blame. I mean, what Jake did to his wife. I mean, in in that moment, in that match, to me, if somebody did that to my wife, I don't give two shits about the championship title. I want revenge of what took place with my wife on national television. So you know what? Jake Roberts is the ultimate distraction outside that ring. So he could have been more involved with Jake outside the ring than Lance Archer inside the ring. And that's all Lance Archer would have needed to beat Cody Rhodes is just that little bit of a distraction from Jake Roberts. Because Jake Roberts is now inside Cody Rhodes' head. And to me... That championship title, hey, cool moment winning the title, cool moment that he has that TNT championship, especially with how much his father was involved in TNT back in the day. But then then, then if that was it, then that should not have been the story going in. Hey, man, what Jake did should have been in Cody's head and been enough of a distraction for him to lose that match on Saturday night. Counterpoint, here's why Lance did not win. If Lance wins, you don't get the camera shot of Mike Tyson handing Cody Rhodes the championship and raising his hand. And that's a shot that they can play forever. Now, how do you cut those two things in half and get the best of both worlds? I want the best of... Oh, I sound horrible this morning. Both worlds. Um, 
if Cody goes over. Arn got thrown out of the match, right? Yes. Jake didn't have to get thrown out of the match. Jake didn't have to use the snake. What I would have done is I would have left Jake there. You got to put Cody over? Fine. Cody wins with the DDT. Iron Mike comes in. Iron Mike raises Cody's hand. You got the shot. Jake slides in, spins Cody around. DDT on Cody. And now you got Jake Roberts and Iron Mike Tyson looking at each other. And then Lance Archer comes back up right in between them. And now you got Lance and Iron Mike looking at each other. Now you've gotten two shots that can live forever. That's just me. And that's not Monday morning quarterback. That's what I would have said if I was there. And I think most people, especially judging by social media... Most people thought Lance Archer. I, I thought I said on the show, I'm 99.9% sure Lance Archer is going to win this match on Saturday. I was very, very surprised by the outcome because, again, with the story going in, especially around his wife, Brandy, and what Jake did to her, you did not have to have Cody win that match at all because Jake should have been inside his head where revenge was more important. His revenge on Jake was more important than getting that victory against Lance Archer. If three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, I don't, whatever it was, if three or four weeks ago, Jake Roberts would have put a snake on Violetta and humped her in the middle of the ring and you had to fight Lance Archer, the minute you came through that curtain, who are you going after? I'm going after Jake. Because he insulted your wife. Yep. Because he disgraced your wife. I'll get to Lance. I'll wrestle Lance Archer right after I get my receipt on Jake for embarrassing my family and desecrating my marriage and my wife. Never got that. Now, we'll see what happens on Wednesday. But to me, the first time I'm in the presence of that guy again, I'm going after him. And if I can't get him the first time I'm in his presence, the next time I'm in his presence, I'm going after him. I don't sleep until I avenge my wife's, uh, you know, what happened to my wife, the embarrassment of what happened to my wife. You humped my wife on national TV. Yes, no? Yes, yes. Dude, I'm not forgetting that. I don't forget shit that happened 10 years ago in my career, and I'm waiting to cross paths with some people. I'm certainly not going to forget that. There's a lot of ways they could have gotten everything that they wanted. I don't think that they used Mike to to his maximum ability. They did get the shot with Mike and Cody, which you definitely want in the can. Now, Mike, I heard, is going to be on Dynamite this Wednesday. Hopefully, they utilize him a little bit more and get an ESPN moment out of him. Did we see any shots of Tyson and Cody on social media? Like, did ESPN pick it up or did TMZ pick it up? I'm not sure. If they did, mission accomplished. I haven't seen it. It's it's tough. You know why? Because it's Memorial Day weekend. Like, and, and the pay-per-view's on a Saturday. It's not on a Sunday where you could follow up on Monday morning because the follow-up on Monday morning is a holiday. So it's a really, really tough position. That's why I'm so glad for AEW that Mike Tyson's going to be on the show Wednesday because I'm sure any kind of, like, photo that you want to get is most likely going to happen on Wednesday, not on Saturday. That's where I kind of disagree with you, Bully Bat. And, you know, I understand what you're saying about, hey, they want to get that money shot on the pay-per-view to use that. To me, that's going to happen on Wednesday when you have Mike Tyson on Wednesday. That's why another reason why I thought that you're going to get Lance Archer win because you don't need the money shot on Saturday. You need it on Wednesday. So, like, on all the news programs and ESPN, it ha- Thursday morning is much more important than Sunday morning, especially on a holiday weekend. And again, yeah, what, what are you dis? I'm not. Uh, you're disagreeing with me. I was just giving you the counterpoint. No, as no, to I get why it. they probably went that direction, and that's why I'm kind of like crossing off that counterpoint in a way that I understand what you're saying, bully. But it doesn't fly because you're going to get them on Wednesday. If you weren't going to get them on Wednesday, then you want to maximize that. But you're going to get them on Wednesday, so you don't really need to maximize it on Saturday. Plus. Most likely, you're going to get more viewers on Wednesday 
on AEW Dynamite than you do for the pay-per-view on Saturday as well. So it's again and again to me it's a missed opportunity because Lance Archer had the opportunity to be your monster heel. That's the guy to me. You, you got two baby faces now as your champions. Your two your two most um, prominent champions are baby faces. Not not the direction that I would have went in. I would have liked to have seen Cody is one. I don't know if Cody. I do think Cody understands this. And maybe this is not Cody. Maybe this is Tony as the head of creative going, listen, Cody, I want you to win and that's it. Cody is the kind of performer that should be losing every single night. Cody can lose every night and never lose an ounce of steam. He's tough. Baby, baby faces who are as over with their fan base as Cody is with his fan base, the AEW fan base, never have to win. They can lose every single night valiantly. And then once that heel gets out of the ring, Cody just needs to get to his feet slowly. He will get a standing ovation from everybody in the arena because the appreciation for Cody far out outweighs uh, or, or, you know, means more than a win. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.